Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And as we look forward, in fact, we are in the period of the year where we are once again looking forward to a great event. That event, of course, is the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the great kenosis, the great condescension, in more simple terms, Christmas. But we look forward to it, as we always do in the church, especially Eastern churches, as we always say in this program. We look forward to it through a period of preparation a penitential period of preparation, which you have just entered, in fact, this very day. In fact, last evening we did. It's called the Philip's Fast in the Byzantine Catholic Church. It's only called the Philip's Fast because it happens to start on the evening of the Feast of St. Philip, the Apostle. It's 40 days, takes us all the way to Christmas Day, and it involves abstaining from meat and dairy products on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as, as always, Increased prayer and charity. In the Western Lung of the Church, the period of Advent was also traditionally a period of repentance, and there's a certain echo of that remaining to this day. That's one of the reasons why, for those of you who are Latin Catholics, why you use purple during Advent. That was a penitential color. See, the darker colors, whether purple or reds, maroon, black, those deeper colors in the church, east and west, always meant penitential, penance. And so that's why in the Latin Rite Church, they use the color purple during the Advent season. And also in the Western Lung of the Church, the Latin Rite, Advent was a penitential season of prayer and fasting. And in fact, centuries ago, in the Latin Rite Church, they treated Advent very much like Lent. They would actually cover statues. They would cover the altar, in fact. They used to have a canopy over the altar, and they would have curtains or veils on it. And people would actually have their sight concealed from the altar by means of these veils. And they would even abstain from the Eucharist during the season of Advent, only to receive Christ once again after he had come in the flesh on Christmas Day. So it's a very, very real, palpable kind of liturgical journey through the incarnation, that expectation, that abstaining, because the bridegroom is not here yet. So we're waiting in expectation, we're fasting, we're preparing ourselves. We can't receive him because he's not here yet. And now he comes in the flesh. So we can unite our flesh, our whole being with his whole being. And this was the spirituality of Advent in the Latin Rite Church. And as I mentioned, there's still echoes of it today. In the Eastern churches, still very much a penitential season. Penance is a way of cleaning house, of preparing for the coming of a special guest, 
That's really what this season is. So hopefully you will embrace that. Uh, I think we really do need to embrace any kind of fasting and penance, especially in our day and age. Remember, Jesus Christ said that demons, you know, evil is only cast out through prayer and fasting. As we look forward, I'm going to invite you to look forward to an event to mark your calendars with. You can never look too far in advance uh, because we get busy, don't we? I want you to mark your calendars for March 4th, 5th, and 6th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next year, 2016. For the fourth annual women's retreat, I'll be directing that, the second time that I will be directing it. And it is titled Greater Perfection. It's going to be based on the spirituality of Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovic. Now, you're probably wondering, well, who's that? Why are you basing a retreat on that name? Blessed, she's blessed, which means she's on her way to sainthood. Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovic. And here's why I want you to mark your calendar, especially, of course, if you are ladies. Sister Miriam was the first person to be beatified on American soil. Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovic was a Byzantine Catholic, proud to say, from St. John the Baptist Byzantine Catholic Parish in Bayonne, New Jersey. As a young lady, she became a member of the Sisters of Charity, and she died on May 8, 1927, at the age of only 26. In fact, she took her final vows on her deathbed. She was still a novice, but then they allowed her to take her final vows because she was dying. While she was a novice, Sister Miriam's spiritual director noticed her special gifts and holiness, and he asked her to secretly write conferences, which he delivered each week to the novices. It was only after Sister Miriam's death that the true identity of the true author of the conferences was revealed. And it was an abbot of the monastery who was her spiritual director, and he just simply put a little note on the board in the hallway. The conferences that I gave are actually written by Sister Miriam Teresa Demjanovic. She stands as a model of unity within the Catholic Church, because although she joined a Latin Rite order, her writings clearly reveal the influence of her Eastern Christian mystical spirituality. And you know, she remained a Byzantine Catholic to the day she died, even though she was in a Latin Rite order. Her conferences have been collected into a book, as I mentioned, known as Greater Perfection, and that's the book that will be the basis of our retreat for the ladies in March. Now, to anyone reading her work, I believe, certainly it was to me, it is immediately evident that this young lady was a mystic who had a knowledge of God, Scripture, and the matters of the spiritual life that could only have been known through the infusion of the Holy Spirit. Some of this young could not have been this wise. They just can't. Blessed Miriam taught that holiness, whereby we experience the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, is open to all, as long as we strive at all times and in all ways with all our might to match our own personal will with the will of God. That's a very, very big point in her messages, is doing the will of God. And this involves the ongoing process of dying to the tyranny of our own egos, and embracing the prayer and sacramental life of the church. She believed very much that the sacramental life was key to our sanctification. In fact, she said that the number one way for greater perfection was the Mass, or the liturgy, the Eucharist. And, of course, she elucidates that in her book, Greater Perfection. Blessed Miriam was beatified on October 4, 2014, at the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark, New Jersey. But she is happily claimed by both lungs of the church. That's why she's very significant to us here at Light of the East, because that's what we're about, both lungs of the church. In particular, of course, the eastern lung of the church, but only in relation to the western lung. The church's unity is our mission here at Light of the East, and Miriam Teresa stands as a symbol of that. 
She was born a Byzantine Catholic, like myself, died a Byzantine Catholic, but also existed and found her vocation in an order, a Latin Rite order, Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth of Seton. So a marvelous person, the first one, the first one, I'm so proud of that. First one is a Byzantine Catholic <laughs> that was beatified on American soil. You see, she's not the first American saint, but she's the first one in which the ceremony actually took place on American soil. An American girl beatified on American soil. So usually what happens is these things are proclaimed officially in Rome, for the most part, or sometimes in other countries. But for Blessed Miriam, a Byzantine Catholic, she was the first one beatified on our soil. The ceremony happened there. As I mentioned, the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark, New Jersey, on October 4th, 2014. So very significant person, very significant for not only for unity, but also for young people, because she was young herself, and also significant just because of the profundity of her spirituality, her witness, her, her use of scripture, her insight. It was just uh, really remarkable. So I'm going to lead a retreat based on the writings of Sister Miriam, a retreat for women, but men should read her books too. And again, that's going to be, mark your calendar now, I'll give you a second to mark it, March 4th, 5th and 6th, that's Friday to Sunday, 2016, same place as last year. It's at the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation Retreat Center in Cary, Ohio. Now, more information will be coming. We'll be posting it on websites and also announcing it on our program here, Light of the East. But the phone number to call if you want more information right now is area code 419-798-9107. 419-798-9107. Again, greater perfection. The fourth annual women's retreat, led by your host here at Light of the East, Father Thomas Loya, based on the writings of Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovic. This is also a time in which we have, of course, the secular holiday, which I think is our country at its best, of Thanksgiving. And as we are in this preparation period for the coming of Christ, the Messiah, this period is also marked by a thanksgiving as well, a repentance, but also a sense of gratitude. And I'd like to practice that, put my practice where my words are. I would like to thank many of you who have listened to our program for all these years, those of you who have been very supportive in your prayer and your generosity and your kindness, your letters. I'd like to thank a few people in particular. I'd like to thank David Lazowski for his prayerful support of Light of the East. Thank you, David, for contacting us. Really appreciate that. And also, Joe Solomini. Joe Solomini works for the Ukrainian Catholic University. It's the Ukrainian Catholic Educational Foundation. It's centered here in Chicago. And let me tell you, we have featured them on our program before, and we will again. This is one of the brightest spots in the world for Eastern Christianity. And I say in the world, I mean that literally. Do you know that between Japan and Poland, that's a big part of the world, between that whole geographic area, there is only one Catholic university? Can you imagine? There's a lot of countries in between, a lot, a lot of geography, a lot of people. One Catholic University, and proud to say it is a Byzantine Catholic University. It is called the Ukrainian Catholic University, and it's in Ukraine. But here in America, the organization that helps support it and promote it is called Ukrainian Catholic Education Foundation. Now, their website is ucef.org, U-C-E-F, you know, UCEF, 
ucef.org. So I highly encourage you to visit that website. Be supportive in one way or the other. Be aware, because you know what? You may end up taking courses there. You may end up sending your children there or someone else you know. As you investigate the Ukrainian Catholic University, as I hope you will, be mindful of the fact that you can actually take courses online. Yeah, you don't have to go to Ukraine. You can take courses online. But you can find out all about that. But again, going to their website, UCEF, UCEF, UCEF.org. What's remarkable about this university, well, there's several things that's remarkable about them. First of all, they established this during the time of communism. And it was suppressed, of course, like anything good under communism. And yet it came up out of the ashes again, asserted itself, reorganized, kept going, kept the vision going amidst what is still a hostile environment. As you know, there's a lot of tension between Russia and Ukraine right now. And they have continued to develop this marvelous university. And one of the most remarkable things about it is, is that it's teaching students in the way that you would expect all Catholic universities. When we come back, I'm going to tell you more about this remarkable organization, the Ukrainian Catholic University. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Praying, it's not about you. And now, a Sheptitsky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. The Ukrainian Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky once wrote, When we pray for our own needs or the needs of those closest to us, we are certainly doing the right thing. But who of us actually realizes how much self-love there can be in these prayers? It may be that for such prayers we deserve the criticism of Jesus Christ, and sinners and publicans do the same. For these also love their children and care about their health and temporal goods. But when in prayer we forget ourselves for at least a moment and worship God for his own sake. A moment like this can be one when God's own spirit prays within our hearts with those inexpressible sighs of which St. Paul says, the spirit himself intercedes for us. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit sheptitskyinstitute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y institute dot C-A. 
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And we are preparing through penance for the coming of the Messiah. We've begun our preparation, known in the West as Advent, in the East, the Phillips Fast. But in preparing, we're also adopting a posture of thanksgiving. You see, what happens whenever you strip yourself of ego and of excess, it opens you up to the Holy Spirit, to the indwelling of the Trinity. And the fruit of that, the inevitable fruit of that, is a posture of thanksgiving. So we are being thankful. We're recognizing certain people we're thankful to. And also we're thankful for this, really, this miracle called the Ukrainian Catholic University, the only Catholic university between Poland and Japan. big part of the world has no Catholic university. And their vision, as I mentioned, there's something remarkable about them, a lot of things, but one thing in particular. As it says here, and I'm going to quote from Bishop Boris, who was the rector of the Ukrainian Catholic University in Ukraine, he says, Ukrainian Catholic University has set itself a very important goal to raise a new generation of leaders professionally trained and on fire with Christian love of neighbor and social responsibility. See, what they do is what every Catholic university should do or is designed to do. Catholic education was designed not only to educate with knowledge, the best of knowledge, the best education, But it is best precisely because really what Catholic education is doing, what the Catholic faith does, is it simply unravels, discovers and unravels the secrets of God's order of creation. Whether it's mathematics and physics, science, art, music, whatever it is, God has incarnated himself as we are approaching this season of the incarnation. He has incarnated himself in every aspect of life, in every discipline of life. His presence is there. That's what makes these things marvelous. And while we have to learn about them, and as we learn about them, we're also being formed, as this university does, as a person. So that the way that we approach these disciplines, whatever it is, whatever profession it is, the way we do it, we do it in that sacramental way or that Catholic way, whether East or West. And that makes all the difference in the world. Everything you touch if you touch it out of this Catholic ethos, East and West turns to gold. It does, because you're touching it in the way that God designed it to be touched. You're touching it with that awareness of the principles of the order of creation. Regardless of the discipline, there are principles. There is God's order, God's presence in every discipline of life. And education is about learning those miracles of God's order and applying them in practical ways to life on earth. And so-called Catholic education, on whatever level, was designed, intended, its charism is to form persons in that particular ethos, not just head knowledge, but a knowledge that enables us to perceive the wonders of God, to be immersed in them, imbued with them, on fire with them, and then to proceed to interact and to affect the world and civilization through that vision, through those principles. And this Catholic university clearly is doing that. So I really encourage you just to become aware of it, you know, connect with it, maybe even avail yourself of its opportunities. So go to ucef.org, ucef.org. Another person I'm thankful to is a person, young lady named Christy. And Christy writes to me, she says this, I listen to your podcast on EWTN every week. It is such a blessing that I am very grateful for everything you do. I'm also writing because I have a question. I converted to Catholicism several years ago, and I joined a Latin Rite church because there was no Byzantine churches near where I lived. 
I have wanted to transition to the Byzantine Rite ever since then, and I hope to be able to do that one day. I am currently going to law school in the area where there are no Eastern Rite churches. I am hoping to move closer to one after I get out of school, but that will not be for two more years. I was just wondering if you had any suggestions for how I could live out Byzantine spirituality in my life while I am still in school. Sometimes it is really hard to balance my faith life with the demands of being in law school, but having an active faith life is really important to me. I was just wondering if you had any suggestions for prayers or devotions that I should do every day in addition to going to Mass at the Roman Church on Sundays. I hope this makes sense. Thank you so much for your help. Sincerely, Christy. Well, Christy, I'm thankful. We're being thankful here today in Light of the East. I'm thankful to your letter for a number of reasons. First of all, because you're listening to us, number one. (laughs) Number two, you wrote to us. And number three, you voiced something that is in the hearts and the minds of many people out there. Many people who do want to know about or at least even participate in Eastern Christian spirituality, even to become an Eastern Catholic. But there's no Eastern church nearby. They have no access to anything. That's a very big problem. It's a problem that we Eastern Catholics are trying to deal with because, see, we're very, very small in numbers in America, and therefore we're very sparse, very spread out. There are certain areas that have greater concentrations, but most of America— The Eastern Catholic presence is very, very sparse, very spread out. So we're trying to do something about that. But in the meantime, Christy, and all of you who have the same question as Christy, here are some things you can do. You can pray the Divine Office, and you can pray the Jesus Prayer. You can visit an Orthodox churches, Orthodox parishes, and attend services there. Now, when it comes to the Eucharist, it's a little bit different story. You'll have to go to a Catholic church. I mean, you can observe the liturgy in an Orthodox church, but you will not be able to go to communion. They will not give you communion unless you are Orthodox. So for any other services, certainly you can attend an Orthodox church. They'll help to keep you connected with this form of worship that we know is Eastern Christianity. I mentioned you should also pray the Divine Office. Now, to find resources on that and other helpful information, I'm going to give you and everyone out there some references. EasternChristianPublications.com. That's EasternChristianPublications.com. Another one is EasternChristianMedia.com. EasternChristianMedia.com. Another one is St. Vladimir Seminary Press. And another one is the Byzantine Catholic Seminary Press. Those are four sources that will give you so much help, especially things like the Divine Office, you know, books and prayers that you can use to pray the Divine Office. And the best way to be connected with the Eastern spirituality is to pray in the way of Eastern spirituality. So go to those sources, especially easternchristianpublications.com, and you should find pretty much what you need in the meantime. But we look forward to having you at some of our parishes, Christy, in the future, and God bless you in your studies in law. And I have one more group of people to say thank you to, and that is our group of people out in Omaha, Nebraska, who are listening on Spirit Catholic Radio, especially Matt Wilcom and Deacon George Butterfield, and also Father Daniel Lenz, a Benedictine priest, a biritual priest out there, who helps what seems to be a budding Eastern Catholic community. I want to thank them for hosting me and for entering into this world of the Eastern Christianity, the Eastern spirituality. They're hopefully a budding community there. Maybe someday it'll actually be an Eastern Catholic parish. And they've invited me to work with them, and I will try to do as best I can. I want to thank them for their interest. I want to thank them for their kindness to me, for keeping in touch with me. And if anyone's listening out there from that area, just contact Matt Wilcom at Spirit Catholic Radio to find out more about the Byzantine Catholic community that is developing there. 
In fact, I think they have a website, omahabyzantine.com, omahabyzantine.com. I want to thank you for listening. The big word today is thank you. As we are giving thanks today, we are very grateful and thankful to welcome a new member of the EWTN family this week. It's KSGC 100.5 FM Garden City, Kansas. Kansas, the World Series champs. Congratulations to Matt Metzger and the whole team at St. Gabriel Radio for becoming one of EWTN Radio's newest affiliates. Again, our congratulations to KSCG 100.5 FM Garden City, Kansas, another new member of the EWTN family. So I thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. God.